to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your co-host, Angie Rogers Howell. Now, what is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast where we feature awesome women in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. And today we're sponsored by the Schaefer Leadership Academy. Go to SchaeferLeadership.com and find out more. Who's our guest today? Today, our guest is Charlize Jameson, recently retired. As mentioned, the Gone Boss podcast is now brought to you by the Schaefer Schaefer Leadership Leadership Academy Academy at SchaeferLeadership.com. Learn more. Why are we doing this? Well, Schaefer Leadership um, actually came to us and said, hey, we might be interested in sponsoring you guys. Uh, We think Farmhouse, we've had a long relationship with you guys, um, and we fulfill each other's missions and all that, and it would be a good partnership. And we were like... Yeah, that makes total sense because um, before I moved here to where we're at now at our downtown office, we also used to be at the Innovation Connector. So we were neighbors with Schaefer Leadership Academy for several Mm. years. Um, We were right down the hall from Mitch. And so we could like yell at each other down the hallway and stuff like that. Um, And then we also, we've gone to a lot of their, we've gone, we've both gone through Emergence. I've gone through the Fusion multi-generational program and they have a coffee talk series that they put together i've presented with that for them as well we help them with graphic design and they're just good friends and partners of the farmhouse and so when they approached us to do the sponsorship i was like yeah that makes total sense like i would not want to partner with somebody who doesn't make sense as a long-term partner for the farmhouse but they did and Tisha Gerhardt's been on the Gone Boss podcast Absolutely. Already. She was, what, our third guest or something? Third or fourth third guest. Third or fourth yeah. guest, like very early in the podcast. So, yeah, it totally made sense for Schaefer Leadership to come on board and help us out, and we really appreciate that. So everybody knows about Mother Goose, right? Those mm. those nursery rhymes that you hear when you're growing up, uh, the, like Grimm's fairy tales. I just found out recently, as an adult, were very bad. They were bad, but but and then you they know, got sanitized a they little got bit sanitized along the way. And they're, and they're good stories. Uh, they're and still kind like of that. Hansel and Gretel. Like they put them in the oven. Like I mean, they're <laughs> still bad. They're still bad, but not as bad as uh, not as bad as they originally were. Exactly. So, there. Uh, you you've told me stories before. Oh, yeah. That the nursery rhymes got changed in a Christian manner. Yes, there is. You got oh, it for your sister. I got it for my sister on eBay or somewhere like that. So there is a Christian Mother Goose, and it takes at least one book. I don't know. There's probably more. But I had this growing up, and this was like the only nursery rhymes we ever had. Like, I don't know normal nursery rhymes because we didn't learn them. Um, so instead of Mary had a little lamb, yeah, uh, they changed it to Jesus had a little lamb. That little lamb was you. And everywhere that Jesus went, you were sure to follow too. Or something like that. I can't remember. It all rhymed. It all rhymed. (laughs) It was all about Jesus. Now, you told me one about the the old lady who lived in the shoe. Yeah, the old woman who lived in a shoe had so many children and loved them all too. (laughs) I didn't know what to do. No. No. She knew what to do. She loved them. She loved them all. And I don't... It doesn't the original talk about like beat them all soundly and put them to bed. Something like that. I don't know. This one did not. (laughs) She said, like, tuck them in tight and made sure they were fed or something. I don't know. But so everything was changed to like positive messages and mostly Jesus messages and all that. So I did buy it when my sister was adopting a baby. I bought it and um, I gave it to her. So, Lisa, I think you have that book. So the Christian pop culture. They like to change things. And it's not just nursery rhymes, right? No, no, not just nursery rhymes. I know, like, we had, my dad especially had t-shirts that 
the industry. I don't know who, who I don't know who's in charge of this. Who says yes? <laughs> let's take this. So they took. Uh, remember in the eighties and nineties, uh, Budweiser had this buds for you, yeah. right? That was their tagline. Well, they changed it and this bloods for you, and instead of Budweiser, it said like Jesus or whatever on it. But made to look like a but, Budweiser T-shirt. Yeah, like totally taking that look, like that Budweiser logo that Budweiser spent at least spent a million dollars on that campaign, um, retrofitting it to Jesus and saying this buds for you. Um, another one, remember Gold's Gym was really popular oh, back yeah. in the day. They would take it and call it God's Gym. Okay. And like God was in the middle of the cross instead of like the dude with the, like the dumbbell is that what that's called yeah Yeah. anyway so all those kinds of things uh i think coke they they changed it to like jesus the real thing or that was pepsi 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 the real thing thing. yeah they changed it to jesus so yeah all of these crazy weird things that you know marketing companies spent lots of money on and then then the christian people they just turn it into jesus now i have to give that i mean that's props to them i suppose i have to give the uh, christian uh, pop culture uh some credit because they did come up with something pretty original it was in the what late 90s early 2000s the what would jesus do oh that's wwjd JD. and it was on bracelets and t-shirts and necklaces like, whoever was behind that they knew what they were doing that's true wise. and i hope like i i always say like you know, whoever made the post-it note, like I hope that they are now a millionaire because that was a good idea. So whoever made the WWJD, I hope they made money on that because that was a good idea. With us today, we have Charlize Jameson. How are you doing today? I am doing fine, thank you. Thanks awesome. for stopping by the farmhouse. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. It was great. I just saw you recently at a uh, Rotary event, and uh, you told your story on stage and everything, and that's what we're going to ask you about today. So take us through uh, how you became a you. <laughs> take you through 50 years? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Start from the in, beginning. In, absolutely. <laughs> you... <laughs> okay. I knew from about the age of 13 that there was something uh, unique, <laughs> different about mm-hmm. me. When I uh, tell you that that was in the mid-1960s, that wasn't something you said a lot about. To right, you didn't people. talk a lot yeah, about that. No, especially right. to my uh, pretty conservative parents. Right. And so out of fear, you just don't say anything. And I didn't say anything for 50 years. Mm-hmm. And it was, I've learned that if you keep something like that inside, it um, it's not good. Yeah, it'll it's eat away at you. It does. Yeah. And and I just got to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't continue. So I came out. And it has been a gradual slow coming out um the rotary event that you mentioned literally Mm -hmm. literally was a coming out for me Mm -hmm. uh from a rotary perspective and because you've been a rotarian for for quite a while well yeah 2015 i believe okay oh wow yeah then i got a job Mm -hmm. (laughs) i worked for a couple of years which meant i i had great difficulty making the meetings i continued to pay my dues so i could stay in good good standing but um, i wasn't able to make meetings right so enter this district conference and I thought what better time to come out as as me right um, because I I want to re-engage you know now that I've retired I mm-hmm. want to re-engage with with specifically the downtown and the rotary and and economic development uh, of downtown and right. be a unofficial spokesperson right. for that and I can't do that if I'm not me right and the the going back and forth uh, between Charles and mm-hmm. Charlize 
was also uh, not healthy. Mm-hmm. No, it was just time. Now, how long was that? Like, what? how long was that time period where you went back and forth? Well, I would say 2012, I started to take advantage of any private time that mm-hmm. I might have to be myself. Okay. Um, the problem with this is that, you know, if you went to the trouble of putting makeup on and, and, and getting dressed and, and really feeling great, what I completely didn't gauge correctly was the emotional feeling of removing all of that. Mm-hmm. And just the removal of the makeup and going back to what I didn't want to be was was a pretty emotional thing. And that, that pretty much was um, the status quo from 2012 to probably 2014, 15. Okay. Uh, my father passed away in, in 2014, and, and it was really after that that mm-hmm. I, I felt I needed to, you know, it's time, you know. And right, to embrace who you yeah, are. I never did that. tell my parents. Right. Uh, we've had a couple of talks out at, the, uh, out at Elmridge, <laughs> but um, I never told them. Okay. And uh, I just, it wasn't something I, I thought it would be damaging to them, mm-hmm. and um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that, so. Now, talk to me real quick about your life before 2012. So, living 20 years, uh, like you said, uh, but but you were married, right? I am married. married. You still are married. Yes. I've, okay. been, I've, I've done this twice. Okay. <laughs> Tell me about that in your yeah. work life as well, um, yeah. uh, because you're retired now. I am. What did you do before that? Okay. So, my my uh, career, I was, with, I was with Sears Roebuck. Okay. Back when it was Sears. Okay. And not a Kmart impersonation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worked my, I, in fact, I, I worked at Sears for 19 years in this store, in the oh, Muncie okay. store. That's where I got my start. And then um, was transferred to Indianapolis to open a new outlet store down there. Okay. And about a year and a half after that, got uh, transferred to Chicago, and I worked in the corporate headquarters for eight or nine years okay. there. Again, even though it was becoming more accepted, uh, and Sears had a, an organization called Glass, gays and lesbians at Sears um, it was not it was not something that I felt I could do without mm-hmm. damaging my career right and so for I just continued the charade mm-hmm. <laughs> and did so the my entire work career out of really fear of losing my career and I had you know I had a wife I have two children at that time to support and now I have a third child mm-hmm. who's at home and and so there, there was a lot at risk. Right, because you do have people who count on you. And Absolutely. Are, I, I mean, I was, I was you've the got bread, to provide. primary right. breadwinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and when you've got others that uh, depend on you, why you don't go out and do reckless things. Right. And even though I desperately wanted to, it was, in my view, would be reckless to do so. And that, I mean, that's unfortunate, but it's the reality. You know, I, yes, it, is, it was unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I don't think that uh, that's going to be as big a problem for people mm-hmm. uh, today. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. And that is, a, we've now kind of hit upon one of the areas that I really want to focus on uh, in the next coming few years, and that is uh, support for adults mm-hmm. uh, in the queer community. Because there are a lot who are deep in the closet and are afraid to come out for mm-hmm. whatever reason. And there really does not, ha- there's no support system in place for adults right in Muncie mm-hmm. for that right uh, there has seemed to be more of a focus on younger folks uh, you know yes. in, in, right. in the that's high good school, because they age. need yeah, yeah they need the support too yeah. but there's Muncie outreach yeah, is great absolutely. it's there for the um, for the teens mm-hmm. and they do a fantastic job 
There is even a transgender support for primarily for teens mm-hmm. um, under that um, Muncie Outreach umbrella. Right. Ball State has Spectrum mm-hmm. to help the students, but there is nothing. Yeah, you for don't adults. see a lot for adults. No, yeah, yeah, and and that's much needed. There are you know people think that transgender is a very small speck of the population. It might be, but it's larger than we think. And you don't know what you don't know. You don't know who's in the closet. You don't know who's struggling like I was struggling for a long, long time. Absolutely. And so that's that's an area I want to focus on going forward is trying to make things more receptive and easier for people that uh, desperately want to come out. Right. Good for you. That's commendable to, to want to do something like that. I think it's much needed, and I think you're a great person to kind of help spearhead that and be the ambassador for that kind of thing well and, and there's there's other people too yeah, absolutely. Um, i don't know if, how well known this is but just a couple months ago three three or four maybe muncie for the first time in their history put someone a, a, from the uh, queer community and it happened to be a transgender female on the human rights commission board here oh that's awesome you know traditionally that's been pretty much you know racial racially related mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's yeah the way to put it but you know, human rights cuts across a lot of minority lines, mm-hmm. and it certainly cuts across the queer community. Absolutely. And we had no representation. And so we have um, Stephanie Peckham, who okay. is now on the Human Rights Commission, who is a transgender woman. And that's another big step for this community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Especially, you know, here Muncie, Indiana tends to be very conservative. I mean, <laughs> it, it which does. Is, and, and even which is changing, but it, it's it is, still it is. But there's a um, even among some Democrats, it's a fairly conservative mindset. I don't mean to go political here, but mm-hmm. it's this it's the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And what lib- what passes as liberal in the Midwest might be quite different from new from New England or mm-hmm. San Francisco. Oh, absolutely. Or, yeah. You know, so there's varying degrees of political or liberalness and conservatism and this is still a fairly conservative area oh absolutely but we're making strides and having a a major university like ball state in our back i mean that just helps the whole atmosphere and and not only cultural but more open-minded thinking Mm -hmm. comes along with that yeah very good so tell me are you are you from muncie or are you a transplant or well if you want to go back to when i was hatched (laughs) it was indianapolis okay Um, my birth mother i was i'm adopted okay and so um she was from southwestern indiana and uh, my birth certificate which i finally got the official one without all the redactions Mm -hmm. blackened out my father was unknown okay and back in the dark ages when an unwed girl got pregnant she went away for yeah a few she months. got sent away that's mm-hmm. right she went to visit an old aunt somewhere yeah. and this old aunt lived at methodist hospital <laughs> right. in indianapolis yeah. and um and that's where i was born and put up for adoption i was a preemie Ooh. you wouldn't notice that now to look at me but <laughs> back then i was a preemie so i was in the hospital for a few months and then mm-hmm. my adoptive parents uh, wonderful people got me and took me back to muncie and i've was here for the first 40 years of my life okay until i got transferred out and so yes i know muncie pretty well went away for uh, almost 20 years came back and there was there were a few things that changed you know maybe cosmetically mm-hmm. but in many ways it was it hadn't changed hadn't at all. changed and you lived on the east coast for a while is that 
correct or no, family uh, out there? My wife, Sorry. my wife is from Maine. Oh, okay. I knew there was a connection to yeah. Maine somewhere. I'm like, how yeah. does yeah. that come, yeah, come into go, play? We try to go every year awesome. so she can see her family. I'm, mm-hmm. Almost everybody she knows <laughs> is is in Maine. Oh, so okay. it gets, it's, it's difficult for her to see everyone you know, with any frequency. Mm-hmm. Right. So we've we've tried to make it a, a commitment that we go back every summer. And it's tough duty, but, you know. Somebody's got to go eat yeah. the crab and all, oh, all of that. Oh, my word. Right? Lobster. Uh, the best lobster rolls. Oh, my word. But mm, I love we seafood could do another and all whole that good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what is something you like to do to relax? I like to travel. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> and, and, you know, I don't mind flying, but... We're driving to Maine this summer. Okay. And how far of a drive is that? It's two full days. Okay. It, it, you know, and, and it's it's about uh, headquarters is Bangor. Okay. And and it's about twelve hundred miles or All so right. from here. Well, that's a that's a trek, but yeah, yeah, it is. But you know, you get to see the United States, mm-hmm. and it's a whole different than you know when you're driving it than it is looking down from thirty eight thousand. Oh sure, yeah. And I love it. I love the travel. I love to drive, love to see the country. When I'm not traveling, uh, I'm, I love to cook. Uh-huh. I, in my next life, I think I want to be a, a cook or chef or, or something because uh, I really I really do love to create things. I, I, my, my favorite thing to do in the kitchen is just open up the freezer or the pantry, see what's there, and come up with dinner. Oh, wow. And That's the scariest part for me. It's like, <laughs> like, like playing Chopped at Home. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> what mystery ingredients are we going to Are use? we going yes. to transform into something amazing? It's, and it is amazing what goes together that you might not at first think. Are you a morning person or a night person? As I get older, night person goes away. There's mm-hmm. the night person, I don't know what happened to that person. <laughs> you end up being a morning person because you have animals. You know, I have two cats, and they... They have an inner they clock. They demand attention. Yes. yes. They, they don't care what time it is. They step on your face yeah. and it's time to get up. You know, by 8 o'clock, I'm pretty much toast most of the time. Okay. So it's become get up early, get going. I was up today at 530. That's I, way too early. I was it too, is. but not by <laughs> choice. You just, you just can't burn it forever on both ends, right? You want, That's something's right. got to give. Yeah. The night owl in me is given. I can't do it. So. That's all right. But you did go out with the Rotary uh, folks for karaoke. I did, but it seems like at 11 o'clock I hit this invisible wall. And it's almost like my body says, okay, you're done. Yeah. You know, and I get up and I go home. Yeah, it was fun. I was there and I, I sang karaoke, but it was a little later. It was I don't think I got up until midnight or so. Yeah, it was midnight. Yeah. It she was got late. on the list, but we had I was to wait for far it. down on I the have list. To, I have to just say, that was a scene. I was in my car. I was talking to my wife on the, on the phone. And here comes this group of, I don't know, 25, mm-hmm. walking down the sidewalk on Walnut Street, led by Dale Basham. In they go to the Mark III tap room. And I thought, this is a surreal moment. <laughs> <laughs> I am seeing 25 Rotarians yeah, I thought walking it was into the Mark III. A big step for oh, all was, of those Rotarians. You know, yeah. that's exactly yeah. the goal that was, that was being strived for. Yeah. Because... The Mark III was one of the sponsors mm-hmm. of the Rotary District Conference, and they did. Now, here's three words you won't hear together in one sentence, mm-hmm. probably ever, again. <laughs> ever, ever. <laughs> <laughs> Rotary, drag queen, and karaoke. I know. I mean that. I think the curiosity of that drove several people out to the mark that mm-hmm. night. They said, Absolutely. "Well, I got to see this," you know. Yeah. But it worked, and all of the money raised went to help eradicate polio. Which, you know, so you, you had people that 
you might think we're from three different worlds mm-hmm. gathering all for one good cause. Yeah. And that was that was really a boost. I think a boost for Rotary. It was a boost for Muncie. It was a boost for everyone involved. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And that whole Rotary conference was very cool because Dale, I think, really tried to be inclusive of everyone. You know, the traditional Rotary members, the emerging, he focused on the young um, emerging Rotary. He had a a grandma who was a professional bodybuilder. bodybuilder. Yeah, she was Uh, awesome. So I just I really thought that was very cool. It was a very diverse group, and that was that was not an accident. Mm-hmm. That that was the, the the word that maybe people took away from the conference was, you know, it's it's Rotary's open to anyone who wants to to make this world a better place. That was such a motivational couple of days for me, and and an emotional couple of days for me, and those. Those stories that closed out the Rotary event, they were called I Am Rotary, and there were different people that got up to tell their stories. And I think there were three or four before me, and they were all very emotional. And and when it was my turn, (laughs) I was a wreck already. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, no, I didn't factor this in. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But it was um, just really a a beautiful moment. And I looked out in the crowd, and there were some of those traditional Rotarians still there Mm -hmm. listening to all this. There were some brand-new Rotarians and there was kids from the Rotaract that were there and so you had a real good cross section. It was it was a wonderful event. Yeah, it was very cool. Well, I know one of the first times I met you was um, through Muncie Civic Theater. You came to Rock of Ages. I think mm-hmm. that might have been one of your first like it public it, like out it, Charlize it was, moment. It was first. It was the first time Charlize has ever been to Civic Theater, and that yeah. was kind of a a heady experience because you don't know exactly who you're going to run into mm-hmm. and you know there's still a group of the folks that don't know and that you know you, you kind of hate to think that they're going to find out by seeing me in the lobby of the civic theater right <laughs> but um it was wonderful yeah well and if they're like if there's any safe place to do that we would think it would be at it, the theater and, and things like it that would. um you tend to worry about the what if you know the small minute percentage things that's what you worry about Mm -hmm. and I'm really working hard at not worrying about those one or two percent and focus on the the 98 percent that's wonderful good I've been back to Pacific two or three times Mm -hmm. since so well Rock of Ages was a good show to test it out on because it was it was rowdy and I mean we did have somebody we had we had one person come thinking it was Rock of Ages like the hymnal, oh, that rock of ages. That rock of ages, <laughs> and they left, didn't they? But they stayed for a little while. And we're like, <laughs> if you didn't get the hint from like the very first opening, like. <laughs> but so yeah, they did leave. But um, yeah, it's not the hymnal, rock of ages. But it was that was fun. It was good to see you there, and I think we all went out to the mark afterwards. And we did. It was fun. And you should do that again. Uh, what is something on your bucket list? I was fortunate enough. Uh, to have parents who believed in taking a vacation every summer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one summer, it was 1972, uh, he had, my dad had saved up and we're, we went to Europe. And we toured, we, I think we flew into Paris and traveled around France and Germany and, and ended up flying out for two weeks mm-hmm. and flying out of Rome. And one of the things we did was, I remembered, we traveled through the Alps. I love the mountains, but mm-hmm. at the time, 1972, I was like, 16 years old something like that and yeah dad it's a mountain and I just went back to sleep in the back seat you know it's just like I slept through a lot of this and Mm -hmm. it was really 
I want to do this again because I would have so much more appreciation for all the places. Oh, for sure. That, yeah. uh, that we that we visited. I, I, I would love to relive that someday. If somebody made a movie of your life, who would you want to play you in the movie? That's a good, that, I don't know. I've never thought about that. I know. Um, I don't. I don't know woman, what my answer would be. I know that it would be a woman. <laughs> a woman. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe my sister Charlize Theron. Maybe that would be. Oh, a good, that would oh, be a good yeah. one. Yeah. Maybe that would be a good one. Nice. What do you want to be remembered for? I would hope that um, I was thought of as a person who cares about other people, as Rotary says, service above self. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hope that that hasn't changed and wouldn't change. And shouldn't change because my exterior changed. Uh, I'm still the same person on the inside. And if you liked me before, you, you probably should like me now. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want. That's what I want to be remembered for is being kind and thoughtful and uh, caring of other people. Excellent. I've been thinking about this for quite a while, but just yesterday I began writing a book. I saw that on yeah. Facebook. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. I, this falls into the category of trying to be supportive for someone else because mm-hmm. I really had very little. Mm-hmm. This is more or less going to be like a life story which outlines the transition. And I would hope that that's something that maybe someone else that's going through this that maybe a f- couple of decades younger than me mm-hmm. uh, can benefit from. It ties in directly with my what I said earlier about wanting to have a support system for adults in this community and this this will be a platform for that and I already know that there's some key individuals in this town that agree with me that that's badly needed it's just a matter now of getting the getting the right resources together Mm -hmm. and and getting it done but this yeah the book is more or less a a life story and some of the things that that I went through as as a teenager Mm -hmm. and as an adult in male mode that kind of put uh figured I'd put take this to the grave with me you know and didn't quite make it so we're uh, if I can help someone avoid all those years or decades of of hiding uh, that would be worthwhile so there's that well good yes <laughs> I, I I saw you'd started working on it and I thought that was that was amazing um, writing a book is a daunting process I'm sure and sitting down yeah. and pouring out your heart and your life and your everything onto paper is yeah I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just trying my goal is to I don't have a timetable mm-hmm. I wouldn't even begin to know because the whole publishing thing is I'm, I'm ignorant on that of what's all involved and and I just need to sit down and write something every day mm-hmm. and then I kind of edit as I go right and just keep writing and then I'll, I'll get the publishing aspect of it figured out but I, I want to get this done as soon as I can well, I think that's a great, great thing to do and a great resource to have out there for other people to, to be able to tap into as well. Well, I, I'm, I'll be at the caffeinery most afternoons typing away. Typing away. <laughs> Excellent. That's a good place to work. It is. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. You're one of the most courageous women I know. So Absolutely. Thank, thank you, you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. It was a, it was a pleasure. Thanks for stopping by. So growing up, how artistic were you? Me? Yeah. Not at all. Like you, you did the stick figures and that's about stick it. Stick figures, that's about it. I don't remember coloring very much. I have memories of watching uh, Bob Ross 
the joy of painting. I, I watch w- Amon Channel 49. Did you paint along with him? I was mesmerized. I always wanted to paint just like that guy. He made it look so easy. He did make it look super easy. I could not do it. Uh, I I never had the materials. Uh, That's I was, true. I was more of a 2D drawler kind of person. Okay. Uh, so I never had the paints or anything to do it alongside Bob Ross. But my, my thought pattern is when I get really old and past 70 or whatever, okay. and I'm retired and we're, we're out of this business and all that, and I'll have so much so time. So much time. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, I'm going to get out the... Uh, uh, some get an kind easel of... and some acrylic paints. Oh yeah, and you get to get a little that. burnt sienna and mix it with some what they call like blue Arctic... ochre or something. Yeah, yeah, that and the Arctic, Arctic white. Blue. Yeah, Arctic oh. blue. I I never got into that because that was boring, but um, I could see how you would like it. <laughs> yeah, yes, I, I really like that. But they also had a program. I'm not sure if it was uh, uh, PBS or I. I got it on a station out of Dayton. But it oh, was yeah. uh, Commander, Commander Mark. Mark. Yeah. yeah, we got it too, which may have been a Dayton station too. I'm not really sure. But Commander Mark, and he would draw like all kinds of space stuff and whatever. He, he'd always do four shortened squares, which was which a square cool. that was 3D. Oh, okay. So you learned perspective. You learned, uh, uh, you know, 3D modeling, that kind now, of stuff. Now, did you draw along with him? I Every day. Really? <laughs> if, I, if, I, if it came in clear enough, because it was very snowy. Well, yeah, you, you never knew what the direction the wind was blowing. You know, kids these days, they, they just have no clue that there at one time was only like three six, stations. Six. Three stations for the really old people. But we had six, seven yeah, we had like stations. Six, yeah. If you turned the antenna, which you had a rotor on the oh, top. Oh, yeah, of we that, had the little thing and we're like, rrr, 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 rrr. then you could get other places like Fort Wayne or Dayton, where we yeah, were, or uh, Indy Indianapolis. Stations. Yeah, I, we did that too. But yeah, Commander Mark, I used to watch him and, and tried to draw the, the, the same scapes as uh, he was putting oh. together. He I watched a, it, but I was like, huh, that looks really he, cool. I'm not going to be able to do that. He <laughs> seemed to have a giant mural, I think, at the end of the show. He would uh, he would go in and add to it and that, oh, okay. that sort of thing. So yeah, I watched that. I also, recently talking to my mom, yeah. uh, she reminded me that uh, we had these tapes, and the tapes were, were like prompts to get you to draw Drawing? things. So this lady would come on, she would talk about some kind of scene, and then uh, it would say, pause the tape and draw this scene that I just described to you. And I would do that. I have never heard of that. Like, that's weird. Hours upon hours of me uh, listening to the tape, drawing, kept me out of my mom's hair. That's why I think she brought it up. I'm sure that's, yeah. I was like, yeah, you were an easy kid. (laughs) I gave you a tape and you just drew. That's so funny. I just don't. Never did that. Now, I do remember, I also did not draw along with it, and this is probably, it's not in vogue anymore, but uh, Bill Cosby, back when he used oh, to have picture pages. picture pages, picture pages, picture pages, now it's time for picture pages, now it's time to draw a little picture page with you, or something wow, like that. Wow, you remember the whole thing. I know, I do. <laughs> and that was what, on like Fat Albert or whatever? Anyway, Bill Cosby's a terrible person. I always like the character. The little kid with the big... It was a the toboggan hat. that had his eyes out. His little eyes out. and yeah. his mouth or something. Yeah, it was always pink and he was like. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, Bill Cosby is a terrible person, but I do remember picture pages. Um, and that was pretty cool, but I never drew along with that either. Did you guys have like a big supply of like drawing stuff, like art supplies and stuff at home? Yeah, we uh, we, we had our uh, cigar box of old, you know, uh, crayons yeah, and things that we didn't too. use up at school or whatever. We we had that, a lot of pencils around and things like I that. Had... But no paint. Like nobody in the family really painted. Yeah, we didn't have um, I had one box of crayons. 
like it's a cigar cigar box full of like crayon nubs and i never colored so i could probably not even tell you where it was in our house yeah we always had, we always had paper and pens and pencils too well draw i just things. think it's funny because we have made a concerted effort in our house as our household we have a lot we have a of, lot of art supplies we've got paint we've got brushes we've got color we got markers and colored pencils and crayons and regular pencils and watercolor paper and regular paper just crap everywhere we have one shelf on our bookshelf that's dedicated to that and i don't know i just think it's fun you come home from walmart you go up i bought some some new paints or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah because uh of course they're on sale it's well, clearance yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah. i'm like oh yeah we'll, we'll stock give our up on crayons but it's paid off uh, uh my daughter yeah. maddie who is uh she's at ball state university studying in the art department animation yep. right now so uh, and then, uh, of course, Audia, uh, she's yeah. amazing at all the uh, arts and crafts she does. She just, like, she'll keep herself occupied for a long time with that. And our, Austin's a good artist, too. Yes. But as far as drawing, no. I can draw musical notes and treble and bass claps and all that kind of stuff. Like, I can I can write music. But as far as, like, drawing, drawing, never going to happen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or you can find us on Facebook just by searching goneboss. If you like what you hear today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcast. And special thanks to our sponsor today, Schaefer Leadership Academy. You can find out more at schaeferleadership.com. Have a great rest of your day and don't forget to tune in next week and find out who has Gone, gone Boss. boss.